Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hold one, arm drag. Brett screwed Brett. Who are you to, to, to doubt El Dandy? Because this guy's a serious professional. Brett screwed Brett. Hold two, arm bar. Hey, get a nice shot of the brand new Mr. and Mrs. Hunter Hurst Helmsley. I hate you. I hate you. I hate your hat. I hate your t-shirts. I hate your wristbands. I hate your shoes. I hate your music. I hate the C-Nation. I hate everything that you stand for. So does rule. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Hole three, the moss-covered, three-handled family grenunzel. It's me, Austin. It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. Just when they think they got the answers, I change the questions. and welcome to the pro wrestling mecca of the world in Cleveland, Ohio. I am your dangerously, dashingly, strikingly sexy, ever so smooth talking, ever so amazing, ever so gorgeous host Nick. And with me as always is, well, quite frankly, nobody. Because this is actually a solo episode of the Pro Wrestling Podcast. I will get into that in a minute. But first, if you want to hit the show, the Gmail is prowrestlingpod at gmail.com. Once again, prowrestlingpod at gmail.com. Facebook is facebook.com slash pro wrestling pod. Once again, facebook.com slash pro wrestling pod. Twitter page is at pro w podcast. Once again, at pro w podcast. Pro wrestling pod.blogspot.com is the official website. There you'll find episodes, exclusive interviews, blog posts, any kind of update from us will be on the website. So always check there. Once again, pro wrestling pod.blogspot.com. Available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and right here on Anchor. So, now that we got all the plugs out the way, there is a reason why I'm going solo. Um, so, usually, obviously, Matt is either right by me or we do a Skype call, and which kind of seems to be the pattern. Normally, like, nine times out of ten, we're doing a Skype call. Um, unfortunately, he had some other arrangements. He could not be on the show. And, Matt, I just want to say, this is how you properly one-up somebody. So... He, initially, he sent me a text asking if I could get Michael, who is our brother, or Rebecca, my wife, to fill in for him. Well, I basically took that as a little bit of a challenge. I told him, yeah, sure, I will have one of them fill in, even though, in reality, it's just going to be me. Because two weeks ago, here on the podcast, Matt took it upon himself to do the show by himself, and quite honestly, I felt like I could do way better than him. So this is me doing better than him. 
So, Matt, I hope you're listening. I hope you have your pen out, your notepad. I hope you're taking notes. I hope you're studying this. I hope that every single thing I say is embrained into your head because this is how you host a podcast by yourself. So, we have a lot to talk about. There's, there, there was, it was quite a bit of stuff that really happened between uh, last week's show, which was the SummerSlam uh, preview show that we did, which usually our podcasts are every other Sunday is when they air, uh, whether that's on Anchor, YouTube, however you get to our show. Problem is, is that we've kind of looked at the calendar a little bit and we saw that there was a little bit of a, I don't know, I mean, I don't want to say a, a timing issue necessarily, but it kind of was. And what I mean by that is that me and Matt, we both kind of looked at the calendar and we thought, okay, well, we wanted to do a SummerSlam review with a normal episode of the podcast. However, that wasn't quite the case. And the reason why was because there was still, I think, like an extra week of time between the last episode of the podcast and this episode that you guys are hearing. And we thought, well, if there's an extra week in between, that extra week should be the SummerSlam rundown show. It was the closest uh, weekend to SummerSlam, so that's kind of why. If we ever do a little pop-up show like that, that that's why. That's all I'm getting at, is that maybe we'll do that in the future. Um, I, I don't know exactly in terms of the future what is in store for the podcast. Um, Matt and his wife Tiffany are expecting their um, first child, which actually, um, shout out to them tomorrow. Uh, I'm doing this on a Friday night. Uh, they will be finding out the gender. Uh, they are doing a gender reveal slash birthday party, if you will, um, both their, uh, uh, the, the reveal date as well as their birthdays all kind of aligned all at the same time. So they're doing like one big blowout thing. So I am going to be at his house tomorrow. Um, and I'm sure I might actually post on the podcast page. If I remember if it is a boy or a girl, maybe even a video, I don't know yet. Um, so, I mean, hopefully everything goes well. And again, congratulations to them. You know, it's a very exciting time in their lives and, uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to meeting uh, him or her when uh, they're born. So, again, congratulations to them. So, moving along, we, like I said, we have a lot of stuff to talk about. And I really want to kick things off with the SummerSlam review. Now, SummerSlam was a... How can I put this? When you look at the SummerSlam card from top to bottom, okay, and you see, in in theory and in essence, it's it's kind of a stacked card, you know. And I, I said this on the podcast with Matt last week, and what I mean is like, there are matches on here that when you say what the match is on paper, it's almost a WrestleMania esque kind of card, kind of. Um, you know, you would be surprised at some of these matches. Um, you know, so I'm just, I guess we'll just go down the list here and, you know, we'll say, you know, who won the matches and everything. And and I'll point out what I mean in a moment. So you have Drew Gulak defeating, I really hope I'm saying this right, one, Oni Lorcan. I, I'm horrible with names. Indie nerds, I apologize. I'm going to call him. Oni, because one E just sounds weird, so I'm going to say Oni. Don't know if that's right or not. Uh, defeated him for the Cruiserweight title in a singles match on the pre-show. 
And sticking to the pre-show, Buddy Murphy defeated Apollo Crews by disqualification. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross defeating the Iconics for their uh, WWE Women's Tag Team titles. Becky Lynch defending her Raw Women's title against Natalia in a submission match. Goldberg defeating Dolph Ziggler. AJ Styles, along with the OC, defeating Ricochet for the United States title. Bailey retained her SmackDown Women's title against Ember Moon. Kevin Owens defeating Shane McMahon with the stipulation had Owens had lost, he would have quit WWE. And Elias was the special guest enforcer. Charlotte defeating Trish Stratus by submission. Kofi Kingston defending his WWE title against Randy Orton, uh, ending in a double countout. That's kind of interesting. The Fiend Bray Wyatt defeating Finn Balor in a singles match. And Seth Rollins defeating Brock Lesnar for the WWE Universal title. So let's start at the bottom and work our way up. Uh, Gulak and Lorkin, honestly, I did not see that match. I, I basically missed the whole pre-show. We were um, actually Skyping with Rebecca's parents. Her parents live in Massachusetts, so therefore, um, usually every Sunday night is when we Skype. Um, they run their own business out there, so they have to be kind of selective on when they can Skype us, and it ran into the pay-per-view, which tends to happen a little bit. Um, you know, it's it's the nature of the business, I guess. So, you know, I'm, I'm never... You know, she always apologizes and stuff, and so I'm I'm not mad. You know, it is what it is, and you know I get it. I'm not mad, but anyway, so yeah, I miss Gulak versus Lorkin. Uh, it ran for eight minutes, which is actually, as I'm looking at the card, it's actually a decent time compared to the rest of the matches. Buddy Murphy de- defeating Apollo Cruz, like I said again, I missed these matches, so I can't really comment too much on them. Um, however, I also don't watch Two or Five Live, so I guess that doesn't help. But we're gonna be talking about Buddy Murphy and. Yeah, we'll talk about him later. Um, there's been a lot of interesting stuff with him, I, I think. Anyway, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross defeating the Iconics for their women's tag titles. Now, let's start there. Um, and then again, I didn't see the pre-show, so this match I kind of skipped. Um, my first initial thought is, I love the Iconics. Okay, I do. Uh, Peyton Royce, and I've said it before on the show, and I'll say it again, Peyton Royce is absolutely gorgeous. Anyone who wants to dispute that, I will fight them to the death. She is my woman crush on WWE television right now. Um, they've had those titles since WrestleMania. Obviously, they when they beat Bailey and Sasha for them at WrestleMania. And I don't know how I really feel about Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross being Look, I like the pairing of Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss. There's part of me that hates it because I know that they're going to turn on each other sooner or later. One of them's going to turn. But there's also a part of me that's like, I actually like this because they have genuine chemistry that's kind of hard to find. Okay, and I I don't know if I'm the only one who thinks that, but it is what it is. So... Again, also, if there's long pauses, I'm the only one doing this, so I'm drinking water. Sue me. Um, but, yeah, I mean, no. I, I say good for them that they haven't turned on each other yet. But, you know, it's that angel and the devil scenario, if you will. Like, because you know it's going to happen, but you just don't know when. And that, to me, is the biggest, like, oh, I hate this. Um, I do wish that the Iconics, however, I do wish that they had more given to them in their title reign. I really do. You have those titles to WrestleMania. You're hardly featured on TV, and when you are, you're losing. It's terrible booking on the Iconics, and it makes them look incredibly weak. 
for no reason. I understand champions have to lose sometimes, sometimes. But it just seemed like they were losing every single time they were on television. I mean, that's that's no way to book champions. It's no way to book them. I mean, they deserve better. They really did. Okay, that's enough ranting about the Iconics and me professing my love for Peyton Royce. Becky Lynch defending her SmackDown, or I'm sorry, her Raw Women's Championship against Natalia in a submission match. Natalia lost due to the disarm her. And this match I thought was actually surprisingly good. Um, I don't think it necessarily stole the show by any means, but it was definitely a good match. It was very physical. Um, I don't know if Natalia actually dislocated her shoulder or whatever it was that she was hyping on Raw. Um, to me, I think it's very doable, given the fact that the disarm her just even looks dangerous. It looks like it could actually injure somebody. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if Natalia actually hurt herself. Um, and, you know, if she did, that sucks. Um, but sometimes I think you need to get away. So I, and I kind of think Natalia's in that boat right now to where she just needs to leave for a little bit. Maybe come back, you know, do some heel work or something. I mean, I, I, I say this with the utmost respect. She's the big show of the women's division in the sense that, you know, they hype her up as this veteran who's, you know, so accomplished, which to her credit, she is, like Big Show is. Um, however, they tend to lose a lot and they tend to flip-flop between heel and face, which I think is a good thing. I really do. I think it's a good thing because it shows you can play both sides. And you need people like that sometimes. You don't need just straight-up heels and faces. You need someone who can do the dirty work of being in between sometimes. And that's what Natty is. Um, I don't have a problem with any of this. Um, so, yeah, Becky Lynch uh, retaining her toe due to the disarm her. Uh, Goldberg defeating Dolph Ziggler. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, do I have to comment on this? Um, you know, I mean, it, it, it's a Goldberg match. I'm sorry, Spear, Jackhammer, 1, 2, 3. Um, God, as much as a lot of people want to bash on Lesnar, at least Lesnar can work a full-blown match. Um, I, Goldberg's stamina has always been terrible, even back in WCW where... Uh, William Regal basically exposed him on Nitro, and ever since then, it, it's just Goldberg's. He 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 can't go longer than a minute, and it's it's embarrassing, quite honestly. Um, yeah, I, I mean, there's, there's just nothing to say about this outside of the fact that after the match, Dolph Ziggler kept grabbing the mic, I think like two or three times, saying Goldberg, you know, you haven't finished me, this and that. Uh, you know, I'm still here, all this other stuff, and Goldberg every time just kept spearing him. And the last spear looked actually pretty dangerous, but um, I don't know why they're booking Ziggler the way they are. Uh, that tends to seem to be the overall reaction to everyone in the wrestling community. It doesn't make sense. You're bringing them back, uh, giving them high-profile matches, but yet losing every single one. So it is kind of a weird spot they're putting uh, Ziggles in. So. Next up was AJ Styles defending his United States title against Ricochet. I mean, come on. I, I told Matt during the podcast, and he agreed, that this match was probably going to steal the show, and in my opinion, it did. Uh, even though uh, Ricochet lost, I still think he kind of came out looking strong because he had a great showing against the phenomenal AJ Styles. Um, I, I, I still... 
I said this last week, and I'll say it again. I don't know how I feel about DOC's role quite yet with AJ. Um, I because the first time around it just seemed like it was the Good Brothers and AJ Styles, and now it kind of is starting to feel like it's the OC and AJ Styles. Uh, you just gave them a different name, and to me, it just I don't know. To me, it it's not working yet. Yet, um. I say that because you need the OC to feud with somebody, or at least have uh, AJ and the OC feud with somebody, like Kofi does with New Day, to where it's like, Kofi does his single stuff, but he's not afraid to mix it up with the New Day either. You know, like something like that. Uh, Bailey defeating Ember Moon for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Sleeper match of the night. A uh, little surprised by that, quite honestly. I thought... Bailey and Ember were going to put on a better showing than what they did. Just my opinion. Um, yeah, it doesn't do anything for Ember. And quite honestly, I don't think it really does much for Bailey either. That's just my opinion, though. Uh, Kevin Owens defeating Shane McMahon. I thought it was a good match. I thought it was good. Uh, you know, KO hit off his spots. Again, you know, his stunner is okay. It's. I, I think we kind of have the stigma of, like, well, if it's not Austin doing it, then it's not a stunner. Um, so, so I don't know. I I think he needs a little work, and I'll just say that a little work. Um, it was a good match, you know. I, maybe I'll replay it sometime, but you know, it was decent. Uh, Charlotte Flair defeating Trish Stress by submission in the figure eight, um, which is being touted as Trish Stress's last match ever. And I told Matt that I between her and Natty, one of them was going to lose. Uh, in Canada, and I did not think both of them was going to lose. So I I don't know if that's necessarily a curveball, but I kind of feel like it is in a way because I think a lot of people are under the same impression. When WWE said, "Well, if we're going to put on our uh, story time caps, so to speak, or, or thinking caps, then maybe we'll just do something out of the ordinary and have both Canadians lose." Now, it needs to be said. That KO did win his match. So if you wanna, if you're keeping track for Team Canada, uh, KO won, and the other two, being Natty and Trish, both lost. So I, I don't know where that plays out, but you know, just a little stat, I suppose. Uh, Kofi Kingston uh, retaining his WWE Championship against Randy Orton double countout. I didn't see this match. I think I was taking a shower during this, so I I can't really say too much about it. Um, yeah, uh, Kofi's reign, I'm surprised. I thought it was going to end at SummerSlam. Uh, I said that during our WrestleMania preview. I said it last week on the show. I stuck by my guns, and I was wrong. Happily proven wrong. Kofi's a phenomenal competitor. You know, there's there's no way for him to lose it early, and I'll be the first to say that. I just thought organically it would make more sense if he held it until um, SummerSlam. So... Either way, congrats to Kofi, you know. I mean, I think his run so far, while we're dissecting things, I think his run so far as WWE Champion has been a great run. He's been putting a lot of high-profile matches, and he's made them all work. Uh, this one with Randy, uh, the one with Joe. Um, you know, there's, there's just something to be said about a guy who's taking on all comers the way Kofi is. Uh, the Fiend Bray Wyatt making his uh, re-emergence, I suppose is the right terminology, against a demonless Finn Balor. Don't know what to think about that. Um, I thought for a match like this, you would want 
Finn to become the demon, or maybe they're saving it for a better time. I don't know. Uh, there has been reports that Finn Balor is taking time off because he's feeling burned out. So this is probably their way of just writing him off TV. Uh, Bray Wyatt stole the show um, pretty much outside of any of the matches. If you if if I am showing SummerSlam to somebody, say a, a new fan, I'm going to show them a couple things from this pay-per-view, okay? And this is one of the things I'm going to show them is the fiend Bray Wyatt and how he came out with the lantern with his own face stitched on it and his music was a remix of his original theme. Uh, his entrance had the Firefly Funhouse in it before it transitioned. Like, everything was so good. The presentation for The Fiend's entrance was amazing. The fans were still their Firefly self with their phones lighting the way. Everything looked so good for The Fiend here. Um, the match itself was a very short match, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it's just a match just to sort of highlight the new Bray Wyatt character, the new Fiend persona, and Finn's the guy to do it. You know, he's on his way out in terms of taking a little bit of a leave, which is fine, so loss doesn't hurt him at all here. Um, and it's nice to put over a guy, you know, when you're not going to be there. I mean, you're not there, so, you know, what's the big deal? Uh, the main event, Seth Rollins defeating Brock Lesnar uh, for the Uni Universal Championship. Um, this was a great match. I thought Lesnar surprisingly actually uh, did a decent job in terms of actually making Seth look good. Not that Seth needs help uh, looking good. He's much capable of doing that on his own. But there's also the part of me that thinks, man, Lesnar sold a lot of the moves that Seth was given to him. So major kudos to Brock. Um, for all of you Brock haters out there, I say rewatch this match. And it, it, even though you might have soured on his uh, persona in the past, I don't think you would this time. So there you have it. Those were your SummerSlam results. Me giving a little feedback on that. Now, thing is, is that whenever we have a pay-per-view, me and Matt, we like to go head-to-head -head giving predictions. See, just, you know, it's it's a fun little game, I suppose, that we do. Um, and so far, we've done uh, two pay-per-views with SummerSlam now being the third pay-per-view. And where we stand right now, or maybe I'm looking at the sheet Matt has here, so maybe we've done four. Um, but anyway... For the actual predictions that we had, Matt went six and three. Um, the matches he predicted right were uh, the Bailey versus Ember Moon match, uh, Bray Wyatt versus Finn Balor, AJ and Ricochet, Goldberg uh, and Dolph Ziggler, Charlotte and Natty, or I'm sorry, uh, Trish Stratus rather, and Drew Gulak and Oni Lorton. My matches I got right were the Rollins match, Becky match, Bray Wyatt, AJ Goldberg, and Gulak. And we both tied, 6-3. to three. So, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the fact that we've had, we have had as much ties as Matt has had victories in us doing this. Um, he, right now, as it stands, if... This pay-per-view is included. I'm not fully sure. Well, no, it is. It says new records. So Matt has two wins, zero losses, and two ties. I'm zero wins, 
two losses and two ties. So I am still winless. I am the 20, was it 2017 Cleveland Browns winless? Sorry. I'm it, Look, I love the Browns. I'm also a Jets fan. So I think I kind of can play both sides. Um, a lot of people think it's weird that I'm a Jets fan from Cleveland, but um, I, t I get that a lot, and that's okay. Um, it is what it is. So that was your SummerSlam review. Um, one of the things that I want to touch on, uh, now that we got the SummerSlam review out the way, is Bray Wyatt's new persona, The Fiend. Um, I Obviously, I'm not going to give a backstory on Bray Wyatt with the Firefly Funhouse and everything. You must be living under a rock if, if you're listening to a wrestling podcast and haven't seen those. But I think that regardless, the new Fiend character is beyond refreshing by every sense of the word. Uh, Bray Wyatt has handled this character so far, heads and shoulders, way better than anything that we could have ever have imagined. And quite frankly, it is delightful. Now, there, there, I'm twofold on this. Uh, the, the main one for me is the creative license behind it. Is it all Bray or is it half and half? Or is it going to get to a point to where he has writers just doing everything for him? I don't know that regard, okay? I'm not no WWE creative genius as much as I wish I would and I had their money. I'm not. And Bray Wyatt is just great in every sense and everything he does. Promo work, the aesthetics, the, the presentation, the in-ring work. Everything is clicking for Bray. And it's so nice because it's well-deserved. Uh, there's been so many times to where he was just regular good old Bray speaking about, you know, uh, I don't know, false prophecies and and lighting candles and all this weird stuff, but then he would never back it up in the ring. Now comes this new character, and this new character, The Fiend, is, a, I would say, a little bit of his old character, but so much more to it. It's, it's like an onion. There's more layers to it. Uh, now he's very uh, Purge-esque, if that's a word for all you TV nerds who watch The Purge, which, by the way, not to get off topic, but The Purge is a great show. Uh, Rebecca is not a scary movie connoisseur, we'll say. She doesn't watch scary movies, but when The Purge was on, she loved it. Um, the Purge TV show is was exceptional last year. I'm hoping this year it's going to be just as good. Um, I'm pretty sure they're going to be following a different cast for this season. For anyone who has seen it, um, I don't know. But The Purge is definitely a great show to watch. So, yeah. Um, outside of Purge, also another good show to watch is Glow. Glow is on Netflix. And uh, I think we're four episodes and we're, we're taking our time binging it we're not doing like you know five or six episodes in a row like, like we do with stranger things uh man we binge stranger things like nothing like within a day we had the whole show done um but anyway yeah glow is is a great i don't want to spoil it too much uh it loosely follows the promotion from the mid 80s glow um but it adds a little bit of a fictionalized twist to it fantastic show uh there is nudity there's some obscenities and things like that so watch at your own risk but if you get past that stuff it's 
a really phenomenal show that, in a weird way, it puts wrestling in the back seat of things, which I'm okay with. I thought I would hate it, but I actually, I kind of like it. Um, it works for that format. But, so yeah, go check out Glow. So, I don't know how I went from The Fiend to talking about Netflix, but, oh, because of Into the Perch. But anyway, yeah, The Fiend. The Fiend is a phenomenal character. Now, the point I was trying to make was point one was the creative license. Point number two is where do you go from here? And that's always the big question I have with anyone. Whenever they return, make their debut, to me it's like, great. What are you up to now? Who are you feuding with? Are you going for a title? Okay, like there's so many questions that surround The Fiend. Um, And a, a little interesting note, when they were talking about him on Raw, and I believe even on SummerSlam, they kept referring to him as either The Fiend or the fiend Bray Wyatt. Like, not just Bray or Bray Wyatt. Um, so th- I thought that was kind of interesting. I don't know if that was a creative thing, or maybe it was just a subconscious thing by the announcers. I don't know. Um, so, yeah. Where do you guys think he goes? I, I don't know. The, and I think that's kind of the, the beauty and the overall organic uh, creativity, I guess, uh, behind the whole Bray Wyatt thing, is that... You don't know where he's going to go from here. You don't know when he's going to strike. Everyone was kind of bummed that he was on Raw, but I guess now WWE is saying, well, we're the the overall backstage talk is that, well, we're going to interject him when fans least expect it. And I love that. That's what you need in wrestling. Give us suspense. Give us things that the dirt sheets can't cover. Like, you want Bray to come out during a certain segment? Great. You know who should be involved in that? The whoever creative is, Bray Wyatt and the people in the ring. Those should be the only people that should know. Nobody else should have that knowledge. And that's what I, I love about it. You know, throw us fans more curveballs. Make sure you can plug any holes so that no knowledge can get out and onto the dirt sheets. Let us be surprised, damn it. So I, I don't know. Again, I don't know where the fiend goes, the whole character. Um my guess is, look, I don't want to push him for a major title just yet, as odd as that sounds. Like, I kind of feel like he needs to be in one more decent program. Uh, and what I mean by decent program is, maybe, I don't know, maybe like a two-month thing. You know, keep it low-key for a little bit. And then maybe after that, maybe around Royal Rumble time, maybe put him in championship match. I don't know. It's It's a very weird spot that they're in with Bray. And... It, it's going to be very interesting to see where they go. I wouldn't be opposed to him doing even crazy stuff like, hell, even show up at NXT and assault people, you know? Um, even if there's a 24-7 championship match, just randomly interfere. Don't even go for the 24-7 championship. Just be all fiend-like and do fiend things, whatever that means. So, I don't know. Like, if you want to inject him in certain places, great. But pick your spots. Pick your spots. And I think that that's the overall message that I can give WWE is just be careful with how you book them. Because a lot of people, they're very, very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess just close to like this overall fiend character because they feel like, I don't know if attachment is really the right word, but they kind of feel like, like they, in, in a weird way, like they're kind of owed Bray Wyatt's new character. And, and I agree, because for so long, Bray has been on the outs looking in. 
And now that he finally has something he can sink his teeth into, I would say if you're WWE, full creative control. Why not? It's not something you'd give out to everybody, but for something as wild as The Fiend and the overall direction it can go, yeah, give that to Bray. Let it be all Bray. Why not? He deserves it. So as we move away from The Fiend, I'm going to talk about another WWE superstar, one that I think is making quite a splash. Okay, and that is Buddy Murphy. Buddy freaking Murphy. Um, wow. <laughs> you know, for anyone who's watched 205 Live, and there seems to be like a... Oh, man, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, I guess just like a diehard fan base for 205 Live. It, like, it's, it's not a huge fan base, but the fans are loyal to the product. Buddy Murphy is a former Cruiserweight champion. Buddy Murphy is a phenomenal athlete in his own right. And now he kind of got plucked from the wrestling gods and is involved in a major storyline. So, how it goes. This is basically how Buddy Murphy came to light, I guess, is the best way to put on SmackDown. A couple weeks ago, uh, Roman Reigns, for whatever reason, strangest thing, uh, he's just walking casually, going to an interview with Caleb Braxton. Next thing you know, a huge, like, I don't even know what it's called. Like, some kind of, like, storage set thing. I, I don't know what, what, I don't know what the hell it was called. It basically just, like, collapses on Roman. Now, the whole thing behind it was, who done it? Who could have done this? Problem is, is that when they did that shot, Buddy Murphy was accidentally in the line of fire. You can actually see Buddy Murphy in the video. And a lot of hawk-eyed, eagle-eyed fans were able to point that out right away. So with them pointing that out right away, WWE was a little confused. Like, well, crap, because now this makes it look like Buddy did it. So Roman saw the footage. Um, he saw that Buddy was walking away. And he, essentially, Buddy said, oh, it was Rowan. Rowan did it. So they go to interrogate Rowan. Rowan said, well, actually, let me back up. While he was interrogating Buddy, one of the things Buddy said was, I don't know who did it. But if I did, I still wouldn't tell you. And that's what prompted him to say Rowan's name. But either way, all of this led to a match uh, this previous week, actually. Uh, between Roman Reigns and Buddy Murphy. And my dear lord, it was a show stealer. I don't want to say it's match of the year worthy. It's definitely not. However, I feel like it's, it could be that wild card slash dark horse, if you will, to be in that conversation. Um, it was a lot of near falls, a lot of kickouts to finishers that didn't even make the finishers look weak. And then that spear... Roman Reigns hit the spear heard around the world. Man, was that a spear. This spear essentially turned him and Buddy Murphy inside out. I don't know how they did that move, but quite honestly, it was one of the greatest spears I've ever seen. A lot of people say, oh, Goldberg has the best spear or Edge has the best spear. Roman isn't someone to sleep on. Roman's spear is actually a very good spear. Um, so, yeah, I hope that this only helps Buddy Murphy on SmackDown. Um, he actually got drafted to SmackDown, and they just haven't used him. 
But I think now this could be the launching pad, if you will. Use Buddy Murphy. I mean, he's there. That's what... <laughs> that that's that's why you have him, you know, and uh, I just I just don't see why you wouldn't. Um, Bunny Murphy is one heck of a competitor, you know, and I, I I it kills me in a way to say that because I never actually saw him wrestle before that match with Roman, so I kind of feel like I probably missed a decent amount of Buddy Murphy matches that are probably really good, but in wrestling. It's not about what you've done what you've done in the past. It's always a what have you done for me lately thing, I suppose. And right now, if you're going off that curve, I think Buddy, they're booking him to look strong. I don't know if it's intentional or not, but it, it's working. I don't see why this can't lead to him getting a major title push, whether if it's the United States or Intercontinental. Uh, will he win the WWE Championship? Probably not. But, I mean, I think you could definitely have him as a very solid mid-carder, and there's nothing wrong with that. Wrestling's built on mid-carders, in my opinion. You know, if it's not for a mid-card, you don't have an upper card or even a lower card. You know, you just have wrestlers. Um, you'd have a lot of guys that would deserve opportunities that probably wouldn't get them. And if you see a guy like The Miz, for example, who, again, is someone that... You know, he doesn't need titles, The Miz. He doesn't need titles at all. But whenever he gets them, it's special. And I think you could create that same kind of war with Buddy Murphy. You know, I will it work to The Miz level? I don't know. That's way too early to say. But it, it's better than what have you done for me previously, if you want to go that route. So I don't know. I think Buddy Murphy can be something decent on SmackDown or Raw, for that matter. You know, but again, it all, it all boils down to two things: uh, creative, how creative wants to book him, and the second is how good can Buddy Murphy make Buddy Murphy look. That's all there is to it. So I wish nothing but the best for Buddy Murphy. He's one heck of a competitor, and uh, hopefully they use him more. So now that we got my Buddy Murphy rant or shoot, if you will, out the way, I want to talk about a move by WWE that a lot of fans, I would say more so AEW fans, don't really like. And I don't know how I feel about this. And that is the fact that AEW, AEW, I believe the date is October 6th, 16th, I believe. Let me check right on the calendar. I'm not fully sure. Um, AEW is... Yeah, October 16th. Okay. AEW is headed to TNT Wednesday's night, Wednesday nights starting October 16th. Their first taping is going to be in Washington, D.C. I say taping. It's actually live. Uh, a couple matches have been announced... Maybe we'll get to that when it gets closer and actually preview the very first AEW on TNT. Uh, it looks like their show name is Wednesday Night Dynamite, but either way, it runs from 8 to 10 p.m. Now, that's very um, interesting because there's another wrestling show already that runs from 8 to 10. However, it's on the WWE Network, and a lot of people say it's the hidden gem, if you will, of the WWE Universe, and that is NXT. Uh, right now, the big feud uh, that just ended was Adam Cole, Bebe, 
versus Johnny Wrestling, Johnny Gargano, which they had an amazing takeover match. If you guys are looking for a match from SummerSlam weekend to really binge, I say absolutely binge Adam Cole, Bebe, versus Johnny Wrestling. Uh, it was a two-out-three falls match, but it was treated more or less like a three stages of hell match, really. First match was a singles match. Second match was a street fight. And the third match was probably the most insane cage I've ever seen. It was a barbed wire cage with weapons intertwined in the cage. And it was an insane match. Um, I don't want to get into too, too many details. The ending seemed like it... I, I don't know if I'm a big fan of the ending... But, man, I think this could be match of the year or in that conversation. And isn't that amazing? Whenever we talk about match of the year, by the way, it's always NXT. It's always NXT. It's not Raw. It's not SmackDown. Hell, it's not even a lot of pay-per-views. It's NXT. It's either TV or it's takeovers, which I think that says a lot about WWE that they probably wish that the uh, that the fans didn't know. But... Congrats to to those guys for tearing down the house. Anyway, NXT is it's looking more and more like it's a guarantee that they are moving to FS1. Um, not fully sure on the date if WWE was smart. I mean, I I would do this at least. Maybe I don't, I don't know if I should say that, but this would be a good move if they decide to move NXT Wednesday nights eight to ten. October 16th, go head-to-head with AEW and see which one truly wins the Wednesday Night War. And Maybe that's what they should call it, the Wednesday Night War. I like that. Um, you know, copyrighted WWE, make me famous. Um, it, it would be very interesting, though, to see how they would book that episode compared to AEW's Wednesday Night Dynamite. Uh, Wednesday Night Dynamite already has a couple matches booked. Again, maybe we'll go over them. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, NXT, however, they're looking to do this, obviously, to combat AEW fans. Um, Triple H on an investor call basically said, oh, well, we're we're not really competing. It's just, you know, we, we, we had that time slot first. Just because you had the time slot first doesn't make it yours. Anyone could run wrestling on that date. Just be honest. Just say, yeah, you know, it's competition. That's all you got to say. You don't have to dance around it. And I feel like that's what he tried to do. Like, he was trying to save face in a weird way, and it came off as awkward. So, I I don't know. I, I don't know if I like NXT being moved to Fox Sports. However, I will say that Competition creates entertainment. <laughs> it does. It really does. Because that's what we got in uh, the Monday Night Wars, the Attitude Era, everything. Uh, WWE, WCW, and ECW were firing on all cylinders. So why not reenact that but have a modern twist on it? And that modern twist is taking WWE's best wrestling brand, overall wrestling brand, NXT, to a national audience. Now, if you do this, WWE, you need to consider the fact that Vince McMahon should not be touching NXT. Triple H should be touching NXT like he is currently. Uh, there has been rumors that Vince McMahon wants to have more control on NXT, and I don't like that. 
He has the XFL to worry about. Let him worry about the XFL. Let him worry about Monday Night Raw. But don't let him touch NXT. Triple H has been smart with how he's played up NXT. NXT is his baby, and he's done a phenomenal job. Why not show that to the world as is? It, you, don't, you don't need another Vince McMahon touch on it to where fans are going to tune out. You can tell when things have, it, it's weird to me in wrestling, you can tell when things have a Triple H blueprint to them, when things have a Paul Heyman blueprint, or even a Vince McMahon blueprint. And it's so insane to me that you could just tell. For example, when Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley went through the Raw set, and Corey Graves said, holy, you know what, uh, that whole thing, I immediately turned to Rebecca and I go, yeah, this has Paul Heyman written all over it. You could just tell. And that's not bad. It is what it is. But either way, please don't let Vince McMahon take control of NXT. Just don't. Stay away from it. Please, I beg you. Um, outside of that, I can't wait. I'm excited for it. I, I, I've always wanted NXT to come back to national TV now that they... Now that it's not the NXT of old tours, that weird competition show in 2010, now it's a legit show. I'm hoping they stay at full sale. I don't know if that's the case. We'll see. But I think it's going to be great, I, and I'm glad. I'm really looking forward to it. What show am I going to watch, though, if that's the date they choose? I don't know, man. I don't know. I like what AEW's doing. I think Jericho's doing solid work. The Young Bucks, Kenny Omega... Cody, everyone in NXT, uh, they're, they're firing on all cylinders because they know what they're going up against. They know that they're going into the belly of the beast, and all they have is a little shield and a sword. They know that they have an uphill battle, and they have to be fine with that to some degree, and I'm sure they are. So, I don't know. I don't know what show I'm going to watch. I think my gut's going to say AEW, but I think in, in hindsight, I'm probably going to flip back and forth. Um, and I'm sure Twitter will probably dictate a lot of that, whatever I see on my timeline uh, for the podcast, which is at Pro W Podcast. Um, I'm sorry, Pro, Pro W Podcast. Yeah, that's what I said. Okay. Well, sorry about that fumble. But anyway, um, yeah, so... Good luck to NXT if they're on Fox Sports 1. Good luck to AEW now that they're on TNT for Wednesday Night Dynamite. Uh, overall, what do you guys think? Do you think it's going to be NXT? Do you think you're going to watch AEW? What, I mean, I need to know feedback. I'm dying to know. I'm sure I'm going to post this on the Twitter page at some point. I legitimately want to know. So now we go from that to a superstar returning to WWE, and that is one drum roll. Sasha Banks, the boss, is back. Boss. Um, shocking, to say the least. Um, and what's funny about this is that I was talking to one of my, no pun intended, one of my bosses at work uh, the day before this happened. Uh, well, I think it was a Friday because this happened on a Monday. And I said, oh, she's not coming back. Like, if she's not back right now, she's not coming back. And he agreed. Monday rolls around, and she's back. <laughs> um, but what happened was, so you had Natty come out to the Toronto crowd and say, oh, she's going to go away for a while, but she's not done with Becky Lynch, this and that. Next thing you know, Sasha's music hits. She comes down to the ring, punches Natty, and then takes off her pink hair to show blue hair. 
I thought was weird. And next thing you know, she is just pounding the crap out of her. Becky Lynch comes by, and Sasha beats her up, taking a steel chair to them. Uh, this made Sasha look incredibly strong. Doesn't damage Becky, doesn't damage Natty. Um, and the reason why I say that is because Becky's the champion. I, I mean, she won the night before, so clearly this doesn't have much of an impact. Natty, it doesn't hurt on the fact that even though she lost the other night, she still got decent promo time in here, and it looks like she's still going to be a part of this to some degree. So either way, it doesn't hurt them. Obviously, it doesn't hurt Sasha. Uh, congrats that she's back. I'm not a fan of Sasha. I've never been a fan of Sasha. Um, I shouldn't say that. I was a fan when she had her feud with Charlotte, uh, when she was heel. Like, that stuff was fun. But now we're in an age to where gimmicks can run sour real quick. And I feel like that's how it is with the boss. I'm sorry. I feel weird for saying that. She's not the boss. She's just Sasha. Um, there was rumors that she could have been back because she was doing work for the new WWE video game that was coming out. Uh, she was spotted in New York City doing that. So, you know, kudos to, to her for coming back. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if she challenges Becky now, even though that's clearly what it seems like the the overall direction that they're going with. Um, I don't think that's the right move. I don't. I think... Here's the thing. You could be in a major feud and not feud for a title. And I feel like WWE's kind of lost that lust a little bit. You know, like, I, I feel like there's no such thing as getting, quote-unquote, in line for a title opportunity. Like, they, they tout that every single week, it seems like. Oh, well, so-and-so with a win here, then that should put them right on the, the short list for number one contenders. And it's like, stop saying that line. But either way, I think that Sasha coming back, she should not be in a feud with Becky right away. That's my personal opinion. Um, I think they should have had her in a feud with Alexa Bliss because from what I understand in real life, both of them do not get along. So I think you already have that animosity, but you also have two great people on the mic that can hold their own in Alexa Bliss and Sasha Banks. I think Sasha's a lot better on the mic than what a lot of people would probably give her credit for. Um, is she the best on the mic? No. But at the same time, is is she good? Yeah, I would say she's good. You know, I mean, I, 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 she's not the best, but she's good. So why not? Why not build her up first before she challenges? That's just my opinion. Man, that time it just cracked my back. But... Um, I, I want to say that I actually, I want to get into DDP yoga. I want to get into DDP yoga. I feel like DDP is a master at helping people and, and all that good stuff. I might get a couple of his, of his DVDs and a t-shirt, you know, thinking about it. Um, and you know, I figure if I ever do any kind of yoga work to work on balance or to de-stress, whatever it is, why not do it with DDP, you know? I mean, that's Diamond Dallas freaking page. Like, I'm sorry. Like, if I'm doing yoga, I'm doing it the most wrestling way possible, and that's with DDP. Um, 40 bucks for, like, a starter pack, which I don't think is terrible because you get two DVDs and, I think, a poster or something. So, I mean, 40 bucks. yeah, I'd say that average is pretty good. So, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to do DDP yoga or not. It's just something I've been going back and forth with, but um, maybe I'll – 
reach out to people and, and see if they've done it. All right, so main event time here on the podcast. Main event time. WWE made a shock announcement uh, this past Monday night on Monday Night Raw, and that announcement was they are returning to King of the Ring. I am pumped for this. I am hyped for King of the Ring. I love the concept of King of the Ring probably outside of Steve Austin winning it. I would say probably since William Regal won it. Because William Regal fit that mold perfectly. Uh, When he won that, he became a little bit more like psycho with the way his facial emotions were. uh, A little bit more ruthless in the ring. Man, did that do wonders for him. It did wonders for him. Obviously, Steve Austin's a big one. Did wonders for him. Did wonders for Booker. Uh, Sheamus and Barrett, I don't know. That's kind of iffy. I kind of feel like they won just because of the heritage. But outside of that, I think King of the Ring is a great idea. Now, this is a question I post on Twitter. So many people agreed. So I'm going to go back to that. Well, and that is the fact that I honestly believe that they should have King of the Ring like the Raw after SummerSlam or whenever, make it its own pay-per-view, I don't care. And, like, make it, like, a special, like a Saturday Saturday night special on the network, you know, where it's, like, a, a two-hour thing, where it's just the tournament, nothing else. That's a very old-school WWE thing. If you go back and rewatch the wrestling classics from the 80s, that's what it was. It was just a wrestling tournament, and it was the tournament the entire night. It was nothing else. Return to that. I like that idea. Um, but you have uh, wrestlers from Raw, wrestlers from SmackDown, or superstars, and they're competing. They said next Monday, and I think they also said next uh, Tuesday on SmackDown, to declare the king of the ring. So you have eight competitors from Raw, eight competitors from SmackDown, and this is a list of people who need a push. And I am glad that they made this list. As I'm looking up and down the Raw and SmackDown sides, there's not a single guy that cannot benefit from this. So on the Raw side of things, you have Cesaro versus Samoa Joe. That is match number one. Match number two is Ricochet and Drew McIntyre. That will be a great match. Cedric Alexander versus Sami Zayn. Could be a sleeper match. The Miz versus Baron Corbin will round out the Raw side of things. Now, going to the blue brand, it will be Kevin Owens and Elias in the very first one. The second one has Ali and Buddy Murphy. And then the third one, this could be a wrestling clinic, possibly, and Chad Gable versus Shelton Benjamin. Two accomplished wrestlers going at it. Yeah, that could steal the whole tournament. And then Apollo Crews versus Andrade. Now, I'm not going to go through each match picking who I won. I just think that that's, that's going to take an ungodly amount of time. And honestly, I'll probably forget half the names anyway. So I'm just going to go on the raw side of things. I'm going to pick who I think can benefit the most from winning the King of the Ring. Um, and again, you have Cesaro, Samoa Joe, Ricochet, Drew McIntyre, Cedric Alexander, Sami Zayn, The Miz, and Baron Corbin. I feel two people from Raw could... This will be my final two. How about that? My final two from the Raw side of things, okay, will be either Baron Corbin, yes, I said Baron Corbin, or or it will be Samoa Joe. And the reason why I say both guys, Baron Corbin is a guy that I think is incredibly underrated. The fans hate Corbin with a passion. 
All right. Now, I, I don't blame them. I, I get it. But at the same time, you have to understand the genius behind Baron Corbin. He knows what to say. He knows what to do to get under your skin just enough to where it's like, oh, I hate this guy. But you're still watching him, aren't you? Like, that's the genius of Baron Corbin. And I don't think fans realize that. And that's fine. Like, I don't think you're supposed to realize that. Um, and this benefits him because, for the simple fact, that they put him in a whole bunch of high-profile matches. He was uh, the, uh, what's it called? The temporary Raw general manager or whatever. And he did such a great job in that role. Like, fans, listen to me. You can hate him all you want, but you can't deny what he's done to uh to the shows like you're watching him you can't admit, you can't say that you're not you are Samoa Joe on the other hand I'd say that because I kind of feel like WWE right now is aligning Joe to be a huge player more than what he already is uh he did the whole thing with Roman Reigns to where he was calling out Roman because he thought Roman had assaulted him with a forklift only to find Roman in the parking lot and a car nearly hitting him and then helping him making Joe look essentially like a little bit of a baby face and then he goes from that to telling the fans in the ring straight up, now don't get twisted, just because I helped Roman doesn't mean I still don't like you guys kind of stuff. So like they're building Joe up in like gradually. So I kind of feel like this would be the perfect opportune time for either him or Baron Corbin. And if it comes down to those two, part of me thinks it's going to be Joe that wins it for the raw side. Um, and, and again, it, it, in a way, it's hard for me to decide because all these guys you can make a case for. But going on to the SmackDown side, you have Kevin Owens, Elias, Ali, Buddy Murphy, Chad Gable, Sean Benjamin, Apollo Crews, and Andrade. Now, the two finalists for the SmackDown side, I think, will be KO and Andrade. And the reason why I say that is because it's going to get down to those two. Now, in that first bracket, Kevin Owens has to defeat Elias in this scenario, right? So KO defeats Elias. And then he re makes it all the way to the finals, only for Elias to come in and screw KO out, and then Andrade wins. And if that's the case, then you're going with Andrade versus Samoa Joe for King of the Ring. And if that's the case, well, before I get into that, I didn't really explain why I would want KO or Andrade. So KO, um, obviously he's like the anti-hero. They're kind of building him up to be like that, the 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 modified Steve Austin, which is fine. Um, and at the same token, with Andrade, he's doing this program with Ray again, um, even though the matches are fire, he doesn't need it. Like, it's not refreshing for him, you know? And again, this is why I say I think a lot of these guys, actually all of them, can benefit from it. And Andrade can certainly benefit from King of the Ring. Um, so with all that being said, I think Elias is going to screw KO out of this, and Andrade is going to win for the Blue Brand. So... Samoa Joe versus Andrade, who do I pick? I pick Joe. I think Samoa Joe, I think regardless, whoever it gets down to, even if it's not Andrade on the SmackDown side, it's not going to change my opinion. I think Joe's going to win it overall. Um, so, so I'm lacking. Samoa Joe is my pick to win King of the Ring. It's going to be weird because, you know, you call him King Joe or whatever, but I don't think he's going to come out with, like, a scepter and, you know, a, a, uh, what's it called, like a cape or whatever. Like, he's not going to do any of that, you know? Like, that'd be really weird if he did. You'd look more like a wizard than a king. But 
I think that that works for Joe. You know, it, I think it, it helps him in a lot of ways. So there you go. That's my pick for the 2019 King of the Ring. Now, my original theory behind King of the Ring was that why not have it to where it's on the Raw after or make it its own Saturday night special. But the winner of King of the Ring gets a title opportunity at Survivor Series. Why not do that? You know, because to call yourself King of the Ring, it, it, it's, it's just bragging rights that will go on for like a month and, or maybe longer, and then they drop it. So if you're not going to do anything with it, why not actually do something with it and have it to have it to where it's an actual match for something or have it to where the winner receives a title opportunity for the United States or the Intercontinental title. Whatever you want. There's so many different outcomes that they could do with this and make it really cool. But the fact that it's just on a random Raw where you don't get anything is kind of lame to me. But overall, that's not to say that's not going to be lame. I'm going to be optimistic going into this. I'm going to keep an open mind because, you know, like Sasha coming back, I hope they change my mind. Sasha came back as a heel and it was great. I hope that it's the same thing with King of the Ring. I hope I'm coming in with some mundane attitude, but they show me something different. So how you feeling, Nick? Oh, I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, it was a great show, and uh, honestly, I'm looking forward to get the hell out of here and play some video games. Oh, okay, that sounds like it'll be fun. I'm sorry, I, I, I don't have anyone here. I've been talking to myself for an hour. Let me have some fun. If you want to have the show, the Gmail is prowrestlingpod at gmail.com. Once again, prowrestlingpod at gmail.com. The Facebook is facebook.com slash prowrestlingpod. Once again, facebook.com slash prowrestlingpod. Twitter is at ProWPodcast. Once again, at ProWPodcast. The website, ProWrestlingPod.blogspot.com. Once again, ProWrestlingPod.blogspot.com. There you can find interviews, blog posts, the latest episodes, and more. Available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, right here on Anchor. My name is Nick. There's no one else to say their name. And we'll see you guys next time. Get creative, WWE. are broadcasting Raw Live for my ass. Boom, boom. I'd rather watch two old women slap my ass. <laughs> Woo. That's as tough as a chunk of my ass. Here comes the biggest ass. The big man is back. Jim Raw, 350 pounds. Say hello to my ass. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the greatest spectacle on earth. My ass. 30 men will enter my ass. You know what I mean. The most important thing to a tag team is my ass. I totally agree with you, JR. Here you go, King. Kiss my ass. I wish you would jump on top of me, JR. It disgusts me to see my ass. My daughter's nursery rhymes are more aggressive than this. I can't help but look at the butt, JR. What? <laughs>